Did you know you can support your local independent bookstore and me in my efforts to promote books that feature women in aviation by shopping for your next aviatrix read on the Literary Aviatrix website? I built the website to serve as a central source to search and find books featuring women in aviation, and it was important to me to offer you the opportunity to buy from independent sellers. If the book you're interested in is available on bookshop.org, you'll find a link to purchase through my affiliate account on my website, which means I'll receive a small portion of the sale to support the content you love. Blue skies and happy reading. Welcome to the Aviatrix Book Review Writer's Room. I'm Liz Booker. In this interview with award-winning children's and young adult author Nancy Rowe Pym, she talks about her writing and publishing journey, working without an agent, and the picture book Fly Girl Flies Success from PB Pitch Wars. Okay, so Nancy Rowe Pym, the author of Fly Girl Fly about Shasta Way's solo around the world. We're continuing our conversation. Shasta has gone to take care of her son, and we're going to talk specifically about writing and the craft and book publication and promotion and all of those things. And yeah. I just wanted to start off with you are, as I said at the beginning of our uh, first portion of the interview about the book, you're the author of six books for young readers, including Fly Girl Fly, and the other um, about an aviatrix is the Jerry Mox story, the first woman to fly solo around the world. So what I'd love to know what inspired you to <coughs> write for a young audience to begin with, okay. and what um, that actually- journey looked like for you. There's eight books I have. Eight books. Oh, eight. I counted six. Well, I wish I had known that before we started. I apologize. You were the no, author of no, no, eight no. books. Uh, what got you into writing for children and young adults? I wrote my first book when I was only 10. And it's just a composition notebook. And it's called Horses, Horses, Horses. And I don't know why I kept it, but I'm so glad I did because I take it to the schools. And I show the kids my little 10-year-old handwriting that I had this dream when I was a little girl. And of course, I was told by a lot of people that it would never come true. That was too big a dream that and it was kind of like what they called back then a pipe dream and that I needed a real job you know, to make money. So I kind of believed them. And I went ahead and um, I became a dental hygienist. So for years and years, I was cleaning teeth. <laughs> but I always had that dream, you know. And um, so what happened was my husband became an Indy 500 driver and he was a farmer. And so he came from a driving tractors to drive an Indy cars. And all of a sudden, like a light bulb went off in my head saying, if he can do that, why can't I write books? Like, why am I doing dental hygiene? I want to be an author. So I went ahead and I wrote a novel and I got tons of rejection with the novel. Um, and then someone told me when I, I started going to writing conferences, I joined Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Um, and I just immersed myself in the craft of writing. And someone said, what? You've taken off too big a chunk. Maybe you should start off with like magazine articles. And I thought, all right, I'll take any advice at this point because it was such a hard road right there. So I started writing magazine articles and I got published. And then that gave me the little boost I needed. Um, and then, like I said, my husband was raised in indie cars. So I was immersed in the world of indie with the circ- living on the circuit. 
So I wrote the Indy 500, the inside track. Um, so it was an eight-year journey from me deciding I will be a writer to get my first published book. So in 2004, uh, my first book is um, the Indy 500 inside track, since I know so much about racing. And, and then I just started this whole nonfiction journey, because um, at first I was going to be a novelist. And then I wrote about the Daytona 500. And then I wrote gorilla stories because I, I, I volunteered at the zoo. I brought critters, animals to schools to show kids all about animals. And I'd always see the gorillas. So I was, I was just so intrigued by the gorillas. So I love to write about what makes me say like, wow, that's fascinating or amazing. So I started writing gorilla books. And then I met Jerry Mock, how I told you, was watching TV and uh, watching the news. And I think curiosity gets me going. And then if something I say it, that's amazing. I have to write about it. Then I just chase it down. So that's how it happened. That's a great story. I love that you kept your first book and that you take it to inspire people. And I also, you know, you just talked about how uh, people told you that was too big a dream. And after talking to Shasta, you know, and she's got this dream to fly around the world, which is a huge dream. And she was right. able to accomplish it. So hopefully that inspires anybody who wants to pursue anything. Exactly. And by the way, I think eight years is the fast track compared to where I have been. <laughs> you know, don't but give up. I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm in it to win it now. But you know, yeah. I was doing it around career before, and now it's my full time focus. So, mm -hmm. so tell me about um, the relationship between you and Shasta. You kind of already talked about how you were introduced, and um, you know, you were already friends with her. You had already written this book about Jerry Mock. Why did you, first of all, decide to make this a picture book? And secondly, like, what did the relationship look like as you were actually writing the book? What's that process look like for you guys? Well, we were working on the young adult book of her story. So we were spending a lot of time with interviews and I was getting the whole story down. And, you know, it's a, a lot bigger um, thing to sell because you have to get a whole proposal together. When you write nonfiction, um, you have to write, it's almost like 40 to 60 pages sometimes. The proposal has to have all kinds of stuff, the synopsis and the marketing, and it goes on and on and on. Then you also need a couple of chapters. You need, a, you know, chapter by chapter outline. So I was getting all that done and it was taking forever um, to get, because it's such a big story, in first place, all the research and then to do this. And so while I was doing that, I've always wanted to write a picture book. And I thought, this would make a great picture book. <laughs> so then while I was doing that, I had the information. I had all the research done. So then I started writing a picture book. And I said to Shasta, what do you think? And she said, sounds great. So I did it. And um, I didn't know how to sell it. Uh, so I, I this thing called, um, picture, there's a picture book contest. It's a, it's like you tweet your- It's a pit, pitch wars. Yeah, PB pitch. Yeah. So you tweet you know, your pitch to this- Twitter world. You pitched and, this on yes. TV Wars and got picked up? TV bitch. <laughs> so you didn't have an agent already? I don't have an agent. I have eight books published without an agent. <laughs> I want to hear all about that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah. yeah, actually, let's talk about that now. So your first book was the Indy 500 book mm -hmm. and you pitched that. You, how did you like, tell me about that on your own, out there on your, on your well, own. That's a kind of a funny story. I, I wrote it and it, I got it sold to um, Zaina Blozer as my first book published. I was so excited. I popped the champagne cork and the whole bit. And then all of a sudden I get an email saying that that part of Zaina Blozer is no longer here. And I'm sorry, but I wasn't not going to get my, you know, my money for my first book sold. 
And then right away, like the next day, I saw they were looking for nonfiction boys books, um, Darby Creek. And um, this is a crazy story. So I I realized that Darby Creek was actually in Columbus, Ohio. So I did something you're not supposed to do because I didn't know any better. I went to the editor of Darby Creek and I was like, I have this manuscript. And she's looking at me like I was some crazy lady. But luckily, she still took it. And you she like actually went into the publisher's office, office <laughs> and Is went straight to the editor with your manuscript. I did that. Would you recommend that? I don't know. It it, it worked. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I recommend it because she was looking at me like I was out of my mind. But she picked it up and I ended up getting my first book published with royalties. And it was a it became a junior library guild, junior library guild selection and the whole bit. That and then so she's great. Yeah, and then she wanted to do another book together, so we did The Heart of the Beast, and then Darby Creek was sold to a different place, and then I, I you know, I found Millbrook, Millbrook Press with Lerna, so I just was got really good at writing queries, <laughs> and um, meet editors at conferences, and so, and then if you get critiques at conferences, then you're allowed, like, one pass across their desk. Um, I just did that on a Zoom recently with Chronicle, and I got one pass across Melissa Manlove's desks, and she actually was really interested and just passed recently. Um, but, you know, she took the time to go back and forth with me. So, yeah, I just, um, I've been working, like, I do want to have an agent, but I don't know. I'm so busy writing books and querying editors. Maybe I need to take some more time and query some agents. <laughs> so I have yeah, a business. because you're negotiating all that contract stuff yourself as well. Exactly. Five Girl Fly was really crazy. I was in Paris on vacation with a girlfriend. We went to Paris together and I get the a Zoom call that they're doing the contract and I'm like so nervous, but we, I signed the contract, you know, virtual signed it. And we went to the Arc de Triomphe together and celebrated with a French champagne. So it was really cool. <laughs> but That is quite the celebration. And so this was um, picked up by Beaming Books. Mm-hmm. They've been wonderful to work with and... Um, Sent me the the Women Aviation Conference and you know and I went to Oshkosh did a big presentation there. They um, sent you there, meaning they paid for the flight, but yeah, and, wow. and the yeah. So they are helping you with book promotion. They are, you know. And then when I ask for other things, sometimes they say no, but they do when they can. Um, they also help with book promotion with someone who's in the aviation industry. Um, I think her name was March. She helped out a lot, and they paid for her. So yeah, they've been great because they're a small, they're a small publishing house. I've gone, you know, I guess the biggest one is Lerna. And then the smallest, um, I was probably OU Press. And then I went to OU Press for a book too. So um, that was a smoking the dog that saved my life. And I'm working on a World War II book right now with a 98-year-old. Um oh, that's pretty amazing. Great. Wow. Yeah. You're you're answering a bunch of my questions about like what are you working on and everything. That's great. Um yeah. so Okay, so that's a great story um, and unusual compared to the other people that I've talked to at least this year. I haven't talked to a lot of children and young adult authors, but I do know them obviously through my connections um, from Vermont College of Fine Arts. But all of this is is uh, unusual of uh, you going <laughs> down, walking into the editor's office, and and um, also I don't know if I'm I should curious- even publish this. <laughs> It's so great. It's, it's not so something great. I would recommend because I really didn't know what I was doing at the time. I've learned a lot since then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it had a good outcome. <laughs> and now you have this resume of books that you've published that have clearly done well. And so when you do go, when you do reach out, hopefully to, to mm-hmm. publishers, that is that helping you, do you think? 
Yeah, because five of the eight books are junior library guild selections. And that they say is like the top 500 books in the country. So that's helped enormously, I think. Um, so, and then I have a choose to read Ohio book. So I, I, the books have won some awards and yeah. that's helped enormously. And have you, have you submitted those for those awards yourself? No, the publisher does that. The publisher has been doing that for you. Yeah. That's fabulous. Yeah. Congratulations on all your success. And, and thank you so much for bringing that success to telling our stories. Cause that's really, really special. And it really mm. gets it to it. So for me, you know, people ask me all the time if I want to traditionally publish or self-publish my books. For me, I'm still sort of in the mindset that for children and young adults, I'd like them to be traditionally publish it, published for this reason, you know, um, yes. the potential. Yeah, help if they help, well, listen, it's, it's very unusual. I mean, I'm hearing from most authors that most publishers are not doing much to help market, but at least, you know, um, the idea that they might be submitted for these awards and that they'll be better distributed potentially mm -hmm. to, you know, teachers and librarians and, and will actually get into the hands of the young people, um, that I'm hope will be my audience because I can self promote, I could self publish this and, um, go to women in aviation international and p promote this book all day long. And I will, potentially sell 12,000 copies to the membership of WAI, but they're not my target audience. They're, yeah. they're like my base. You uh -huh. know, they already love aviation and the, and the young people in their lives are exposed to somebody who is in aviation. My goal is to reach the young girls who have no exposure, you know, right. to, to a woman pilot in their lives and who now see one and hopefully it inspires them to consider it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Have you considered self-publishing anything? You know, it's funny you ask because I considered self-publishing this World War II book just because the man is 98 years old. And I know when you do traditional publishing, when they do say, okay, here's your contract, you're going to have a whole year before it's actually, you know, in book form. And I just worry that he he's not 98 and he's very, you know, he wants to see this book published. So I do uh, think about it. I know nothing of it. And I know how to do this, so I feel like I want to do this. So right now I'm at that crossroad, which which road do I take? Um, his story is so amazing because he was in a POW camp. He was in a death march. And when he was done, all he wanted to do was thank the German pilot because he could have finished them off over the North Sea. But the German pilot stayed with them, so they got over the land in Denmark. And they all, 10 people, were able to parachute out of the burning bomber. Wow. And so he's been 62 years waiting to thank him because it was confidential. You know, he couldn't get any information. So he finally gets the information after 62 years and he wrote him a thank you letter. And then they got together and became friends. And so I just thought it was an amazing story. Of, oh, that's incredible. I can't wait yeah. to read that one. Yeah, I know. So that is, but it's a big book. It's, it's taken, you know, it's young adults. It's the, just the uh, proposal alone is 40 pages. Did I see on your website that do you do author workshops? What was that about? Yeah, so I loved um, teaching the kids how to write. When I go to author visits, I don't like just say, oh, here's me and here are all my books, you mean me, me, me. I want to give something back to the kids, some takeaway. So when I go to author visits, my biggest joy is to teach them how to write. So I have it all down in um, PowerPoint presentation, all the steps from the idea to the whole printed page and how to get research, everything. And then I teach them in about a half an hour, put it all there. And then I, I ask them to write. I, and we have in advance, I had them do some research and then they will sit there and write for 15, 20 minutes and then share their stories. And they're so imaginative and creative. Uh, they're just brilliant minds. 
and and I have it from like grades one to three, you know, four to six, and then seven and eight. So I have it broken down so it's targeted for the age groups. And um, I just love going to schools. I finally got to go to school again since the pandemic last week. Oh, and it was good. so fun to be with a bunch of eighth graders. They were all maths, but they were a lot of fun. And and then I did go to Oshkosh this year, and there was like 700,000 people there. And I did a presentation at the museum, and it was standing room only, and my book sold out. And it was just so fun to see people again and be in an audience and, I don't know, and, and share my work or share my passion for writing. And, uh, yeah, so I do love going to schools, doing school visits, and teach my writing workshops. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um what advice do you have for uh, anyone who aspires to write for young people? Um, the biggest thing Jane Yolen once told me, she's a very prolific uh, children's writer, Jane Yolen. She said, B-I-C, button chair. If you want to be a writer, you got to get that button in the chair and write. Um, the other thing is read a ton, tons of books, um, especially in your genre. And so that when I was doing picture books, another picture book writer told me to read a bunch of books and take all your favorites and put them in one pile and the ones you don't like as much, another pile. You go back to your favorite pile and you find out which ones really are like, wow, this is this is what I'd like to write this. Then you go to your computer and you type it out. And you you write the, the whole book into your computer. And she's like, you're not plagiarizing. You're just getting the rhythm, the structure. <clears throat> what made this book tick for you? And it kind of gets into your brain, into your headset. And then when you write, it, it helps you write, be a better writer. So I thought that was great advice there. And my personal advice is just never giving up. It's like the only way you're going to fail is if you give up. So just don't give up. It's like I had so many times I wanted to give up because I'd be sitting in a conference thinking, this is so stupid. I'm spending all this money going to conferences. It's never going to happen. This is futile. It's stupid. And then all of a sudden, like this one lady was the keynote speaker. And she said, and there's one person in this room who's going to get published. I'll put money on it. And then she said my name. And I was like, what? And then I felt that was like some kind of a message from the universe, like, Yep. No, it's not stupid. Don't give up. <laughs> so I say, look for those God wings like that, that like, how did that possibly happen at that exact moment? And it's a message and, and some doors are going to shut. Sure. Just find another door to go through, but, but just don't give up because like I said, the only way to fail is to give up. And so don't give up. <laughs> That's great advice for many things, including writing. <laughs> yeah. Why do you get a lot of rejection in writing? Yeah. So I yeah. feel like, it, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your books. And I'm looking forward to uh, whatever comes next, especially about women in aviation, but also uh, everything else that you write and publish. Really fantastic Thanks. work. It's a beautiful, this is, this is the quality book that I hope every woman who uh, aspires to write a book about women in aviation achieves, you know, that you Thanks. you went through the process and I know it's tough. You, you There's a, a little bit of luck, a lot of skill in matching. I know, I mean, I don't, I don't do the job, but I know it happens behind the scenes where you're matched mm-hmm. with an illustrator and you were so well matched and it's such a great book. I hope that every book that comes out featuring a woman in aviation is able to achieve this kind of quality and that okay. it reaches as broad an audience as yours will. 